Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You're listening to the College Football Coast to Coast Show. Here are your hosts, Jacob and Tyler. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to College Football Coast to Coast. We're throwing it at you on a Sunday night. Uh, Yeah, a little weird. Kind of like some college football games this past weekend because of uh, Hurricane Ian. I mean, that's not why we're doing it Mm. on Sunday night. But uh, we thought we'd throw it at you guys a day early. Uh, we had some schedule changes with our Sports Scramble show, so we're filling in the slot tonight uh, for the guys. Uh, Jeff's got some family in town, and Wade is not available tonight. He's got some other stuff going on. So Tyler and I decided let's do college football coast-to-coast on a Sunday night. So we uh, we decided yeah. to take the slot from the guys and uh, run with it. But, Tyler, we're going to jump right into Week 5 recap. Uh, like we mentioned last week, we'll jump right in, do our Week 5 recap, get to our – AP Top 25 changes, a lot of changes in the Top 25. And then we'll get to our games of the week upcoming for week six this week. And we'll close out with a little bit of news and a question for our viewers at the very end. Uh, But let's get into our recap, Tyler. So we'll open up with the ACC and uh, Georgia Tech and Pitt. Yeah, Georgia Tech with uh, their interim head coach that uh, decided he looks like he wants to – Keep that head coaching job. So he uh, he led them to a promising win. The Yellow Jackets uh, love to to spoil everything in the ACC. So uh, twenty six to twenty one win over number twenty four Pitt. Tyler, are you surprised by this, or is this of no shock to you? Considering the ACC has been crazy from day one. 
Yeah, man, the ACC has been wild. I know our boy uh, Sheik on OCSN Live called this uh, on his betting show with our boy Chet. So, I mean, <laughs> he made a little bit of more little pizza money and beer money, like he says. But, yeah, this was a very shocking uh, win, especially on the road, a hostile environment. I mean, this pit team, the same pit team, I always go back to that season opener against West Virginia uh, whenever they won that game. Uh, but, you know, you know, Pitt's offense uh, looked very sluggish. This looked like a very defensive battle. It was a 7-6 to six game going into the half. But, I mean, you got to give credit to Georgia Tech. I mean, you just lost your your head coach, and then, you know, you come into a hostile environment, like I just mentioned, you know, you put up 26 points. So maybe, you know, this was the sign of life, you know, getting rid of Jeff Collins is, is exactly what this Georgia Tech team needed. And honestly, you know, Georgia Tech showed us that they had talent. They played Clemson uh, very strong in that first game. Uh, they ended up getting blown out. But, you know, Georgia Tech's been, a, you know, a program with talent. You know, they picked up a couple of big wins on the season. So that maybe this could be you know, the win that can vault them because ACC, you know, this year outside of Clemson is down. Yeah, I know we talked a little bit about Georgia Tech last week and, and the changes that need to be made there, uh, you know, from that a program like that. Uh, but I think it's one thing to note that moving forward, I mean, if they think they can get a guy from inside the program to vault them to the next level, I know it's too early to make something a decision like that. I think they probably want to get through to the off season before they make a decision, uh, but very good sign from Georgia tech for Pitt. I felt like it was coming ever since that game against Tennessee. It went to overtime and, and all that mess. I've always thought that Pitt was just one step away. They could take a step up or a step back. Uh, instead of taking that one step up, it was kind of three steps back. And uh, I think it, they need to make, an educated decision at the quarterback position on what they want to do going forward. They have offensive threats, great wide receivers that can run. Uh, of course, you don't have Jordan Addison anymore. You know, he transferred out going to USC. So I think that there are some definite changes that need to be made to the Pitt Panthers going forward. Uh, but as far as the ACC goes, that's the only game we're going to cover. We're going to stay away from the Clemson and, and NC State game. Kind of played out like we thought other than for my upset pick. <laughs> well, this was the most shocking game yes, of the ACC. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, the NC State and Clemson game had a lot of hype. Yeah, the ABC Saturday night game and college game day was there. But I really expected Clemson to handle their business, and they did. But this was just a very shocking one. I think, you know, Pitt was coming in as a 21-and-a-half point favorite, and, you know, Georgia Tech just slams the door on them and, and upsets them. Absolutely. And now we're going to move to the Big 12 and – uh I know Thomas is ready for the Big 12s. So can't wait to get to yes, this. Yes, he is. Here it is. <laughs> and here it is. Uh, big game in the Big 12 here. Hard-fought battle, hard-hitting game. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma State, uh, holds on for the 36-25 to win over the Baylor Bears, who were number 16 in the country. Uh, great football game, like I said, in Waco. Tough place to play. Uh, it looked to be that Sanders felt very comfortable in the pocket. Uh, the most comfortable I've seen him in the pocket uh, playing for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm really beating myself up for this one. I was very high on Oklahoma State, uh, but I picked the home team. I should have just went with my with my instincts. I picked Oklahoma State in the preseason uh, to win the Big 12, and they showed why that they could do it. I mean, Spencer Sanders, like you said, looked poised in the pocket. And, you know, you know, Blake Shape and the quarterback for Baylor, he, re he really struggled in this one. You know, this was 
uh, you know, a team at Baylor, you know, defense uh, was very phenomenal in the first couple of weeks. And now they have, you know, this is the most explosive offense, arguably, in the Big 12 of Oklahoma State, and they showed it uh, on the road. So get an 11-point win. I mean, you're coming out of the, you know, the locker room and you, you know, take a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. That pretty much is just sealed the deal for Oklahoma State. I mean, after that, Baylor just didn't stand a chance. I mean, the home crowd, I mean, was very hype in the first half. Then you just come out of the locker room and you do that. That, I mean, you got to give it to Mike Gundy. Uh, but, you know, man, the Big 12 is very fun this year. Yeah, absolutely. And Thomas saying the best big game 12 of the weekend. I can't agree with you on that one. I have to say that Oklahoma TCU game was absolutely crazy. (laughs) And I have to say that was the craziest game of the weekend. Uh, Oklahoma giving up 41 points at the half. 55 spot. I mean, we talk about, you know, Brent Venables, a defensive-minded coordinator. I bet he was fuming on the sidelines, you know, just watching his defense struggling. I mean, we talked about it, you know, for several years that Oklahoma's defense was always a problem. I mean, they always had the offense. I mean, now, you know, there's problems on both sides. You know, Dylan Gabriel going out the injury, we don't know his status. So, you know, this, you know, Red River rivalry game that we always talk about going into this weekend, you know, is receiving a lot of hype, you know, from ESPN. But, you know, both of those teams are, are three and two going into the week. And whoever loses that could be already three losses and, you know, who knows what could happen? I mean, they were getting all the hype, you know, after that Alabama-Texas game, that Texas is back. And, you know, Oklahoma, you know, get rid of Lincoln Riley, and you're still a top-ten team. And now both teams, you look at it, they're not even ranked. So the Big 12 is just crazy. I think the biggest storyline going into that game next week, now that you bring it up, I think the biggest storyline going into that Texas-Oklahoma game is that Dylan Gabriel, we don't know what's going to happen there. But we do know that it might look like Texas is going to get Quinn Ewers back for this game. So one starter down, the next one's up. And uh, that's huge for Texas, even though they don't seem to be battling much in the Big 12 and playing for much in the Big 12 anymore. Uh, But, yeah, it was crazy that that just, yes, Oklahoma did not look like a ranked team at all. I would have to agree that. That's been a poor performance two weeks in a row for Oklahoma, and uh, that cost them a lot in the end. But moving on from the Big 12, we'll move right into the Big 10. Uh, Crazy game here, man. This is classic Big 10 football right here for you. Uh, Purdue finally knuckled down on defense and finally got after Tanner Morgan and pressured him in the pocket, was able to get him very uncomfortable in a home environment and uh, held Minnesota to 10 points. Purdue held on 20-10 to 10 over the 21-ranked Minnesota Golden Gophers. And, man, let me tell you what, Purdue was not even close to favored to win this game, almost a two-touchdown underdog, and uh, they proved that they just wanted it more in the end. It was kind of uh, a lax performance from Minnesota. Had trouble moving the ball, uh, and that was that was a big problem. Uh, especially in the running game as well. Front seven for uh, Purdue looked dominant all game long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this Big Ten West, we we talked about last year, it's a dumpster fire. And now this week, Minnesota loses. So who the heck wants this Big Ten West at this rate? It doesn't even matter. I mean, you have probably Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State waiting on the other side. So I just think whoever wins the Big Ten West is going to get demolished in Indianapolis uh, once again. But yeah, this was a very sloppy game for Minnesota, especially on the offensive side. I think that their defense uh, showed up 
in this one. They did put up a 20 spot, but you got to give credit to Aiden O'Connell in this one. Like you mentioned, you know, the defensive front for Purdue really outmatched uh, Minnesota's running game. They were able to shut down their running game. And they also, you know, Purdue was able to win the turnover battle. You know, Tanner Morgan threw three picks. And if your quarterback throws three interceptions, then nine times out of ten, your team's not going to win the game. So row the boat. Uh, your oars kind of sank in this one as Purdue, you know, this was a team that their lone win was against Indiana State, you know. So, you know, you get this win. I know you're, you know, you lost uh, against Penn State. So you're only now one and one in the conference now. Like some of your teams, like Minnesota, Iowa already have one loss. And then Wisconsin loses 34 to 10 to Illinois and just lost their head coach. Uh, so who knows? I mean, you can't count out anyone in the Big Ten West. Even Nebraska, Purdue can be anyone at this rate. Well, and you bring up a very interesting team there, and I think it's Illinois. Uh, I think that they could be a team to keep an eye on in that division. They have a veteran head coach there that uh, really knows what he's doing, and uh, it looks like they have rebounded. And they're playing like a 500 ball club right now, and I I do like what they're doing uh, there with the Illinois offense. Uh, yeah, Big Ten football does not look like big. Yeah, it, it doesn't really. Especially on the I, West. I mean, on the East. <laughs> sure. I, the normal. East is kind of what it is at the end of the day. Uh, of course, I mean, we really don't see much of – we never really saw Ohio State scoring 65, 70 points a game uh, with JT Barrett and people like that. We never saw that. And uh, it's kind of a different look for them. And, and the same for Michigan. Mich- Michigan's never been a high-scoring offense. Uh, until this year and now they've kind of settled down I think a little bit and gotten into realistic numbers uh, but yeah I, I would have to agree uh, the Big Ten is is not what it used to be uh, which it might be a good thing with UCLA and uh, USC coming into coming into contention there as well uh, but moving out of the Big Ten and into the Pac-12 a Friday night game here uh man, I did not see this coming, and this this screwed us. I kind of <laughs> did. And uh, the Washington Huskies, number fifteen in the country, after their big win uh, at home against Michigan State, kind of vaulted them in the top twenty-five. Came into this one going to the Rose Bowl, and uh, man, they just couldn't put it together. Too many turnovers, I think, was the story of this game. UCLA put up forty in a uh, DTR showdown for UCLA. Um, I think the one takeaway for Washington is, is that Michael Penix Jr., too many turnovers, back-to-back interceptions on back-to-back drives in the second half. That'll kill you. Uh, And both of those turned into touchdowns for UCLA. And uh, for UCLA, I think the number one factor was DTR and Charbonnet ran the show all night long. Um, what do you think the one thing that Washington could have done better, maybe defensively, uh, to hold the UCLA team that was unbelievably uh, dominant the whole the whole game? Yeah, I think that UCLA's running game just took over. So maybe if Washington stacked the box more in this game, that they could have had a chance. But honestly, looking at the score, forty to thirteen, I watched uh, the entirety of this game. It was a late night kickoff, uh, but I was going to watch uh, some some Pac twelve uh, games for once, uh, but. I mean, UCLA absolutely dominated this game, especially in the first half. Uh, like you mentioned, too many turnovers for Michael Penix, especially through the air, had two interceptions early, which pretty much just opened the door for UCLA. And every time, you know, they had interceptions, they got points off of those turnovers. So, like you said, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson uh, 
played like a stud in this one. And then Charbonnet, uh, the running back, whenever he gets going, it's going to be tough for UCLA to, to win this game. So this was a big game in the Pac-12, both 4-0 teams. Uh, Washington still has Oregon left on their schedule, so that's definitely concerning, especially if they give up 40 points against high-powered UCLA offense. What are they going to do down the stretch when they face USC and Oregon? So Washington definitely needs uh, some to fix some of their issues on the defensive side. Uh, we didn't really see any issues with their defense in the first couple of weeks, but it, it showed on Friday night. But, man, UCLA now 5-0. and uh, I think that the Pac-12, you know, USC and, and Utah is getting some of the hype uh, with Oregon just ahead of them. But UCLA, uh, you know, is really in the driver's seat if they can just keep on winning. Absolutely. And uh, that was a tough game for us in our parlay that we yeah. lost. <laughs> pick it, look, pick it, pick it start off 1 0 with South Carolina and SC State uh, going over. And then we had so much hype uh, going into Friday night, picked Washington uh, two and a half. And then UCLA, once they got up big, I pretty much knew it was over. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was over about halftime. But yeah. Uh, Moving on from the Pac-12, and I'll throw it over to Mr. SEC, and I'll let you take this one. Yeah, uh, pretty much of a. Actually, we gotta. I gotta do a score change here. That is not correct. Uh, <laughs> I gotta change that to a 19. Sorry, I was like doing this just now, uh, but this, the score was 19 to 22. Uh, Ole Miss. So sorry about that, Kentucky fans. I know that you wanted to win the game, but that was not the case here. Uh, Ole Miss got out uh, to a 14 to nothing stretch. I mean, Will Levis uh, in the offense. Just didn't get it done. I mean, Chris, we saw the return of Chris Rodriguez Jr. He had 72 yards on the day and a touchdown. But, man, Ole Miss's rush, rush offense just keeps continuing to be one of the best. They're ranked uh, number one in rushing attack. They just leave to Minnesota since Minnesota struggled against Purdue this past weekend. But uh, I believe we both picked Kentucky on this one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but we did pick Kentucky uh, to go on the road in this one. But – yeah, this was a defensive slugfest. I know that, you know, a lot of fans were saying that these are two high-powered offenses and this is going to get into the 30s. I kind of had a feeling that this was going to be a defensive slugfest. I don't think it was going to be like 22 to 19, like this wacky score. But Ole Miss's defense uh, was really stout in the second half. I just saw a stat line where Kentucky's last five drives was all turnovers. And if that happens, you're not going to win win games. I mean, they still had a shot to tie it. I mean, Will Levis had uh, a big uh, play to get them into the red zone and literally the play after Will Levis fumbled. So just a very sloppy game for Kentucky. Too many turnovers. But, hey, you got to give credit to Ole Miss. They're undefeated. And now they're sitting in the top ten. I mean, SEC West right now is pretty much Alabama. And who else said this, right? So, I mean, hey, don't forget about Ole Miss and SEC West just yet. Well, and I mentioned this Last week and the week before and the week before, I've said Ole Miss, it, watch them. Said they are a team to watch out for in the SEC. If Alabama slips up or if Georgia slips up like they almost did, yeah, here comes Ole Miss. I mean, really, theoretically, they're at the top of, of the division right there. I mean, that's, that's one thing to look out for. And I think the story of this also is, you know, Will Levis had the ball down. It made a mistake at quarterback. Uh, in threw the ball, couldn't get it past the line of scrimmage down in the own end zone and ends up going down, uh, turns into a safety and, and gives Ole Miss two points. And that's why you got your wacky score here. Uh, and it would have been a 19 to 20 game at that point. And you wouldn't have had to worry about anything 
you know, going down the field and saying, hey, let's get in close, rather than worry about tying the game late, you could have just kicked the field goal there and gone up by two and, and realistically held Ole Miss uh, with under a minute to go. And uh, it, it was just a mistake at quarterback, and you just can't do that when it's a close game like this. And uh, it, it's just – it's not smart, I don't think uh, – for them and Mark Stoops and that offense to throw the ball in that situation to begin with. Uh, yeah, go hey, Rebels. Yes. Coming all in this yes mom. <laughs> yeah, yes, mom. Uh, but uh, moving on from the SEC, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> moving on from the SEC, uh, going to our group of five game, crazy group of five game. I loved this game. This was a great football game. Uh, Tulane comes up with the big win on the road at Houston, 27-24. to 24. Uh, Great win for the Green Wave. Uh, not a good loss uh, for the Cougars. And I think this is uh, this is the American, folks. And I think, uh, I think Tulane is the team to beat in the American. I have said that. Uh, they're the team that just is going to put people on upset every single week. Uh, different offense. They played fantastic. Uh, Holding Houston to 24 points is, is is a good job considering how they've scored this year and uh, knowing how much they've scored this year. And it's a it's a high-powered offense, although their defense can't stop anybody, and this was one of those cases. And uh, Tulane, big win. Man, if only Tulane didn't put all that stinker last week against Southern Miss, could, this could be a, a top 25 team uh, right now because they got a win against the top 25 team right now of Kansas State. Uh, on the road but yeah this was a, a big win for Tulane uh, Tulane did face some adversity and Michael Pratt uh, was injured in this game uh, so not only did they had to go to the second string they had to go to the third string quarterback they pretty much had to pull a New England Patriots uh, today but they were able to pull out the victory uh, in overtime like you mentioned to hold a very high-powered Houston offense and Clayton Toon I mean Houston was a was a really you know popular pick to win the American in the preseason I, I know I picked them in the preseason Obviously, that will probably change once we get to our, uh, our conference uh, picks uh, at the end of the show. Uh, but, yeah, this is a two-lane team that's been really, really impressive. It's, I think that they're very balanced on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. If they continue to play like this, it's going to be very uh, hard for teams to beat them. So I think that the top two teams in the American right now are got to be Cincinnati and two-lane for sure. I think so. I think they're going to battle that out at the end, to be honest with you. I think that's that's a definite game that we could we could look forward to at the end of the year. Uh, but moving on from our recap from week five and into our updated rankings from the top 25, uh, man, we had some moves. Holy smokes. And uh, some teams that fell a long ways and some teams that crawled up really slowly and inched their way into the top 10. So uh, we'll start at number 10 and work our way up. Uh, Penn State moves into the top 10 after their win against Northwestern in the Mud Bowl uh, in Happy Valley. Crazy uh, outer bands coming from what was remains of Hurricane Ian. And uh, that was a funny game watching Ryan Holinsky get up and his white jersey turned brown. <laughs> uh, so that was a, a big win for Penn State and a 17-7 to win there. Uh, eight turnovers in that game. So uh, holding on to the football was a tough, a tough task in that one. Uh, Ole Miss climbs up. Like we said, they climb up from 14. They go to nine after their win against Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee stays right there at eight, hangs on for another week, uh, looking to go to LSU next week. And uh, at seven, I believe, uh, is Oklahoma State. 
they uh, hang on against Baylor on the road and they stake their claim at seven, six through one. Uh, everybody is still where they are, except for Alabama, who traded places with Georgia. Alabama got a big win on the road at Arkansas and swapped spots with Georgia, who struggled to score, uh, but late got a touchdown from Stetson Bennett uh, to close it out. So they moved down to two. Ohio State dominant win. Michigan held on against Iowa and Clemson uh, shut down uh, NC State. So those are your top tens. Uh, Tyler, who is your big mover for the top 25 and then your faller for the top 25 after this week? Yeah, we'll both uh, give our risers first. I'm going to go to the Big 12 for this one. That's going to be the TCU Horn Frogs. I mean, it's hard to not put them in the biggest uh, faller there. The biggest faller, not the biggest faller, the biggest riser of the week. They go from unranked to number 17 after 55 to 24 drubbing at home against uh, the against Oklahoma. I just saw this upset coming. I mean, this Oklahoma team, uh, this their defense uh, was really the main question mark I had for them. I know their offense would be able to score. They didn't score much, uh, but TCU has scored a lot. So I think that, you know, TCU has a big game uh, on the road this week against Kansas. A lot of hype is going around that game. College game day uh, is going there. So I think that, you know, t- if TCU can pull out that win, I mean, who knows? This could be a team that, that can be in Arlington and, you know, maybe fa- potentially face off against an Oklahoma State. Uh, so, yeah, so I got to give it to TCU. I think that a lot of teams, a lot of people weren't even mentioning this team at, at the start of the season. This was a team uh, that last year fired their coach, Gary Patterson, now with Sonny Dykes. I think he's doing a fantastic job year one. So look for TCU to make some noise. Yeah, and my team, I'll stay in the Big 12, and uh, it's the team that will face off against TCU Ooh. this upcoming week, and that's Kansas. Hawk, Chuck, Jayhawk is now in the top 25. They are sitting at 19 right now. Uh, show them some respect. They are uh, a good football team. They look really good, completely different, and it's uh, it's a good feeling for the Big 12. And I hate the – it's going to be weird to say this, but the Big 12's on the rise. After all the mess that we talked about, people leaving the Big 12, and the Big 12 looks like crap. And But here come some of these smaller teams, and they said, hey, watch out, here we come. And uh, I think this is three years sooner than everybody thought for a team like Kansas. And uh, it's a good feeling for that program, I know, and that fan base. And, uh, man, I tell you what, if they get a win against TCU next week here, uh, they could be inside the top 15. I don't know if they'll be in the top 10 unless somebody in the top 10 loses. Uh, If somebody in the top 10 loses and everybody else kind of stays stagnant, they might be at number 10. Who knows? But uh, very well could be talking about them late in the season uh, for a Big 12 championship, and I can't believe I'm saying that. But really could be. So I I realistically think that the sky is the limit for that team, uh, and they just need to keep playing football like they are and and stay level-headed. But fallers, Tyler, who is our faller for you of the week? Yeah, looking at the polls, I mean, there's not really uh, teams in, in the red, but I'm going to go with Washington. Uh, this was a team that received a lot of hype, uh, especially after their Michigan State win, which doesn't really look like a good win anymore because it feels like everyone on that on Michigan State schedule is just beating them. They're now a team that's that's fallen to two and three after losing just now to Maryland. Uh, so they're on a three-game losing streak after, uh, after two wins to open up the season. But you know, I just, I just figured that, you know, what we would see a Washington team. You know, this was a four, like I mentioned, both undefeated teams. This was their statement game 
in the Pac-12. You know, if they win this one, then I think that the road really set up nicely. Like I mentioned, still have Oregon, who have USC on the schedule. But, you know, if you can get a road test, this was pretty much their true first, uh, you know, road test of the season. They had majority home games, but obviously they failed. They gave up 40 points. So this is going to be a wake-up call for use, uh, for Washington. Let's see if Michael Penix and the offense can answer the bell next week. Yeah, and uh, my biggest faller of the week is a team that fell out of the top 25, um, and that is Baylor. Baylor Ooh. falls out at 16, from 16 all the way out of the top 25. Uh, you already had one loss. I mean, you were sitting at 16, and you lose to another game. Uh, tough schedule they had, though. I mean, you got to go on yeah. the West Coast and play BYU. BYU, now Oklahoma State. It's not going to get any easier. No, it's not, and they need to play a higher brand of football, and I think – Dave Aranda would agree with that as well uh, in order to hold on to a chance to be back at the Big 12 title. Uh, but this year does not look like that year because you got a couple of a few undefeated teams that are firing on all cylinders, like we mentioned. Uh, so they are my big follower of the week. And I have a feeling they're not going to be in the top 25 at the end of the year. I don't think they're going to finish in the top 25. Too many good teams right now at the halfway mark. Uh, but that is our updated top 25 there. Uh, and I got two other ones, actually. I got two other two other teams that made it into the top 25 that surprised me and I think is a good addition of the top 25. And they're both SEC teams on this one, so you'll like this. But the first one is Mississippi State. Mississippi State got a big win at home against Texas A&M. A&M a- did fall out of the top 25 as well. Yeah, I almost put them as my faller, too. I mean, that was, you know, a lot of people are talking about number one recruiting class. You know, this, could this be the year that Texas A&M challenges Alabama? And they already sit, uh, believe, with two losses now. They're three and two going into Tuscaloosa. So if they lose that, they'll be three and three, and it's not looking good for the Aggies. And I think the SEC is. This is the first year where we've had a had a shakeup in the SEC. I think yeah. if, if you know, Thomas we really yeah. want to talk, if if Thomas we really want to talk about shakeups, I think it's the <laughs> SEC is the biggest shakeup. Oh, we'll get to that whenever we get to our our conference uh, picks at the halfway point. Sure. We'll definitely get dive into that. Sure, I think, but I think that you know. Arkansas losing to Alabama last week and, you know, ultimately beating uh, Arkansas the week before. Now A&M's outside of the top 25 here, and they're on the outside looking in with a tough game coming up. I mean, and the other team that moves into the top 25 at 25 is LSU. Just kind of creeped in and uh, was able to get enough votes to get in there. So they got a ranked matchup coming up uh, that we'll get to uh, this upcoming week. So, uh, Speaking of, we'll get into our ranked games. And, of course, our games of the week for week six are brought to you by our partners over at Fanatics. Uh, if you guys want to head over there and get all your college fan gear at the halfway point, you're going to get it by the big games coming up in the conference uh, so you guys can hang out on a Saturday, uh, enjoy a cold one and some food, and uh, cheer on your favorite team with some team gear there. So if you use our code over there, uh, and the code for today, uh, this is sidewide, 65% off. Use code FALL, and that's all uppercase. Yes, so use code FALL, F-A-L-L, uh, over there on their website, uh, and you can go straight to our link. Uh, that is our affiliate link for them. So uh, head over there and get you some fan gear and uh, rep it on some on a Saturday football game uh, coming up soon. But moving on to our games of the week, and the first is in the ACC uh, two good games here. First one, Florida State now outside of the top 25, uh, unranked now after the loss to Wake Forest, goes on the road to face off against ranked 14 NC State. 
they fell a few spots after their loss to Clemson, not very far. And uh, storyline for this game, I think, is the battle of the quarterbacks. It is Devin Leary versus uh, Jordan Travis in this one, and I think it's going to be a all-out air attack in this one from both. Defense has not looked good from either of these teams. Uh, so I think it is take the over in this game. And for this one, I'm going to pick Florida State to win on the road against NC State. Uh, I don't know. It, I guess it would be an upset pick. Uh, but I'm guessing this line is probably pretty close uh, if I had to guess. But, it is three points to yeah, the Wolfpack. Three points to the Wolfpack. Oh, yes, so that, that would be an upset. Field. That's home field advantage uh, for a three-point uh, pick there but yeah i'm gonna go with florida state to win that game uh i'll go 45 35 in that one i think it's gonna be an all-out air attack Jeez. 80 points in that one golly that is a true acc game right there 45 35 yeah so yeah there shouldn't be any weather issues especially now that hurricane ian is long gone to definitely our prayers are for or goes out to the state of florida and those affected uh by hurricane Ian. that was definitely tragic to see uh but Going back to this game, like you mentioned, Jordan Travis versus Devin Leary. I mean, we just get, you know, two great quarterback uh, matches and back-to-back. We saw, uh, you know, Wake Forest uh, get at it, gift after it uh, with uh, Jordan Travis. So Florida State uh, coming off of uh, both both of these teams, actually, coming off of double-digit losses, uh, NC State on the road, Florida State at home. So I think this is going to be a very close game. I do expect that both teams will get into the 30s, like you mentioned. The defenses have struggled. In the past couple of weeks, I expect them to pretty much do the same. But I'm going to go with the Wolfpack at home. I'm actually going to go with NC State uh, in this one. I do think that Florida State's uh, defense, I'll probably give them the advantage. I think their defensive front is more physical than NC State. But in the end, uh, got to give it to the home team. I think that NC State don't really see don't really see them losing uh, two straight games uh, early on in the season. So I'm going to give them uh, the 38 uh, the 34 uh, win over Florida State. And to the other team that represents the state of North Carolina, the North Carolina Tar Heels will be going down to South Beach to face off against the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, And this game means quite a bit, even though Miami is a 500 team at two and two. uh, North Carolina is not getting a lot of the respect I think that they deserve at four and one. They are definitely a team that's receiving votes that could stick their claim in the top 25 here after another week. Maybe if a big win here on the road at Miami, even though Miami is 500, they might vault themselves in at five and one. Uh, But right now they are four and one. I think North Carolina can take care of business here. Miami just doesn't look like the same team that they were to start the year, even though Miami is getting four and a half points at home. Uh, I just think North Carolina is the better ball club. And I know you're high on their quarterback play. And uh, mm, kind of drives, <laughs> I mean, it kind of drives their offense. Uh, but I think that they can win this game. I think it'll be a close game. I'll go 33-30 in this one, and I'll give it to the Tar Heels. Yeah, this Miami team, you know, started off the season undefeated. Uh, I think that they really went downhill after that Southern Miss game. They did win the game, but they struggled in that one. You kind of saw some of the weaknesses that this Miami team had. And then obviously saw it uh, in weeks uh, three and four uh, with a loss uh, to Texas A&M on the road where their high-powered offense uh, supposedly only scored nine points against A&M. And then they just, you know, lay an egg at home against Middle Tennessee State. I mean, the, the score was closer than it really said. Middle Tennessee absolutely dominated that game. The crazy part is Middle Tennessee lost to UTSA this past week. So, just a crazy up and down year. So, 
I am going to go with North Carolina on the road. I mean, like you mentioned, I think that a lot of people are, are pretty much just running off North Carolina. There's still a team that has high-powered offense with their quarterback, Drake May. We're talking about, like, Travis uh, from – Florida State and Devin Leary from NC State just a couple of minutes ago. But I think that Drake May, you can put him in top five category for quarterbacks. I know that he's still young. He still has to develop. But I, I trust North Carolina's offense in this matchup. I know that North Carolina's defense uh, has been struggling. So I expect this one to be high scoring as well. Look for both teams to get into the 30s. But I think that North Carolina gets it done, moves to 5-1. I'll give them 34-31 edge over the Canes. Yeah, pretty close score there for both of us. Uh, yeah. On the same page with that one, unlike our first one. Uh, but moving to the Big 12, uh, big game, or we'll go to the uh, Pac 12. Or are we going Big 12? Well, I guess let's change it up. Pac 12. We'll go out west first. I forgot to put it alphabetical order, but you know what? Let's let's change it up. Change of course, folks. We, we have now crossed over. We are going to the West Coast. Uh, divert. So uh, moving over, it is a top 20 battle. Uh, the Utes of Utah will be going on the road to the Rose Bowl to face off against UCLA. They'll be at home for another week. Interesting game here. This game is going to be a big game. I think uh, Utah has struggled on the road this year. I know that they're at number 11. The loss to Florida really hurt them, and I think it's a big showing for what's to come for this game. UCLA is coming off a big win against the top 15 team. I'm going to roll with UCLA. I think that they swap places with Utah after this game. I think they might go to 11 with a win here against Utah. Uh, so I'm going to go with UCLA to win this game. I think that they can keep up the offensive attack. I know Utah's defense is a little better, uh, a lot better than Washington's was. So I think it's going to be a lower scoring contest, but I still think that they win this one. I'm going to go 27-24 in this one, and I'll give it to the Bruins at home. Yeah, this is going to be a very good matchup here in the Pac-12. This could ultimately decide whoever wins this one. We could see them in Vegas uh, in the Pac-12 championship. Uh, but like you mentioned, Utah coming off of a big win against Oregon State, 42-16. to I know the line was very down on Utah. They were like a single-digit favorite against Oregon State. UCLA coming off of that big win against top 15 Washington. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with UCLA. I, I, you know, I know that both of us picked Utah in the playoff. But I think that the road ends here. I, I mean, we're in the halfway point. Things will change in our predictions, and my prediction is going to change here. I just like the, the the way the you know the blueprint that UCLA runs now. If Charbonnet can get going, like I mentioned, this is going to be a tough day for Utah. I know that Utah has the defense, and then Cameron Rising, obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. I think they'll be able to keep up with UCLA, but UCLA and DTR with his dual threat capability is going to be give uh, Utah's linebackers in front seven a very tough time i'm going to give a similar score i'll just one up it i'll go 28 24 that way we're just not different i could see that score as well but i'm gonna give the bruins at home this team could be in the top 10 uh, by next week yeah really could yeah you know i think realistically that is a goal for them and dtr is playing like a uh, like a like a heisman trophy candidate right now so if they keep it up and they go undefeated this year and they're in vegas uh, for the Pac-12 championship, he might be warming a chair there for the Heisman Trophy. Who knows? Him and um, Jalen Daniels. Him and Jalen Daniels. Oh, what a what a tandem there that we got. Uh, but moving to our second game there out west, Washington State goes on the road. They are going to the Coliseum to play against number six, USC, who has not moved at all uh, where they are. 
disappointing, I think, for them, struggled to move the ball and get a big lead against an Arizona State team uh, that doesn't know which way they're running. So uh, it uh, it looks like it could be a close game here. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to pick the upset pick. I think it's going to be strange. Oh. I think this is a weird game. First upset. I'm going to pick both upset games in the Pac-12 because we saw an upset on Friday night that we didn't expect. So I'm going to pick the upset here. I think Wazoo can go on the road and beat USC in the Coliseum. Uh, close football game, low-scoring football game. Uh, USC hasn't moved the ball well in the last two weeks. I don't think they're going to be able to put up a ton of points. Uh, I'll go 17-14 in this one. I think Washington State wins it on the road. You are feeling very bold this week. Already picking three of the four games that we've gone through. It's been all three upsets. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to be realistic with this. I, I do love uh, Washington State, what they've done so far. Their one loss is to, is to Oregon. I think they should have won that game. This should, this should have been an undefeated team, especially if their defense showed up in this one. I think that's my main concern with Washington State. I think they'll be able to score against USC's defense. USC's defense uh, has been struggling, too. They just gave up 25 points. Arizona State, who just lost their coach as well. But I think talent-wise for USC on offense will just be too much uh, for Washington State. I think that, like I mentioned, Washington State will be able to keep this one close, uh, closer than the experts think. Uh, but I'm going to go USC uh, at home getting this win. I'll say uh, 31 to 28, uh, give give the Trojans the win. That's still a close score. It, yeah. It just it baffles me that USC, even though they're winning barely, that they're still there at six. We saw what Georgia happened to Georgia last week, and you know, they still won, but they fell. So it kind of makes the claim do they stay where they are at six? And yes, Josh, yes, we are. And the response is Penn State. Uh so uh big win last week. We'll get to the Big Ten soon. Uh, but moving from the from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, uh, we'll go over there for a couple of big games here. And the first one is TCU in Kansas, like we mentioned. Big game here. And they're so closely matched, but the FBI is pulling towards TCU. Uh, they just don't believe in Kansas. So I'm going to put my belief in Kansas. They're playing at home, and you fake it till you make it type thing. I think they're going to win it. I think that they beat the Horn Frogs at home. Uh, High-scoring shootout in this one. I'll go 45 uh, – let's go 45-42 in this one. I think it's going to be another big-scoring game. Uh, Kansas, I know, thinking 45 points, putting up 45 points, but I think they can do it at home. Uh, and I think this is the game that they get their name on the map even more. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not going to go that far with the points. Uh, I mean, this Kansas defense uh, just stopped an Iowa State uh you know, team to 11 points. I mean, two of those points came off a, of a fake field goal that went for a two-point convert. That was just a crazy game. Uh, you know, Kansas won that one 14 to 11. Uh, the offense, uh, you know, didn't do that great. Jalen uh, Daniels uh, struggled in that one. But, you know, Kansas was able to win that game. Usually Kansas of old would lose that game like 52 to nothing. Uh, but it's good, you know, that they're facing adversity on the offensive side. You know, not every game you'll be able to score 30 points a game and, you know, they showed last week that they can win on defense. TCU, on the other hand, has just been putting up points on every team. So I think, uh, you know, this could turn into a high-scoring battle. I definitely wouldn't be shocked, uh, especially two talented quarterbacks with Duggan and TCU and then Daniels of Kansas. I do like both of these teams. It's hard to pick them. This is definitely tough. I'm going to go Rock top, rock Chalk Jayhawk here at home. You have college game day there. I think that there's going to be a, hot, a lot of hype around Kansas. It's going to be another sold-out environment. 
It is an 11 o'clock kickoff, uh, but I think that the environment will be rowdy enough uh, to affect TCU. So I'm going to give uh, Kansas, uh, I'm going to go a little bit high score, but not like in the 40s. I'll go 35-32, Kansas defeating TCU. Another three-point game there as well. It's going uh, to be very close. Yeah. We're in conference play now, so there's not going to be many blowouts. Right, and I think the storyline, I think, for Kansas to focus on, I think, is defense. I think if they just emphasis, full emphasis on defense, offense can put points up. Uh, so I think it, uh, I think it is a, a big one for Kansas on defense. And if they can hold TCU, I think they win this game by a close margin, but I think they can do it. Uh, and our other game here is uh, – oh, yes, before we get to that. Yes, the Shriek is still yeah, one more yeah. week at least because uh, Penn State's we'll get... on the bye week. So he'll be Yeah, yeah they're on the bye week. week so... his big test will come against Michigan. Yeah, so that's coming up next week. So we'll get to we'll get to the Penn State next next episode yeah. next show. Uh, that'll be a big game in the in the Big Ten, biggest game in the Big Ten. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm still holding on, still holding strong. Uh, you might have to shave after this weekend. No, how this they game didn't, they didn't lose to Auburn, so he he's good. He well, doesn't say I'm saying this upcoming weekend. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought the only bet was for the Auburn game. No, 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 no. It's season long, season long oh. race for the beard. Uh, but uh, the upset team themselves, Texas Tech, will be going uh, to Oklahoma State uh, to Stillwater. So I think this is a big game in the Big 12 as well. Um, the Big 12 is big. And uh, I'm going to roll with another upset. Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling <laughs> it. You're going to be at the bottom of the standings this week or you're going to be at the top. <laughs> You know, college game day does like their, you know, their yeah. guests. Like I would be like zero and twelve, uh, but uh, it. Uh, I think this game is a big one. I think if Oklahoma State loses this game, I don't think they end up in the Big Twelve championship. I think this is the game. Well, if Oklahoma they lose State this loses game, and bye bye playoffs for Big Twelve, unless yeah, Kansas yeah. runs the table. <laughs> Who knows at that point? But. Uh, I think that I'm going to roll with Texas Tech in this one. It'll be another high-scoring game because uh, Oklahoma State, they can put points up. Texas Tech can put points up. It'll be in the 30s, I think. Um, I'm going to go – oh, I'll go 35-28. I think that Texas Tech can win by a touchdown. I'm not doing it again. I'm not picking against Oklahoma State. Uh, I did – I picked them – I didn't pick them against uh, Baylor, and I have them uh, in my preseason pick for the Big 12 and maybe possibly potentially making it to, to the playoff if they especially go undefeated. Uh, I definitely, you know, we saw Texas Tech pull off the upset against the Texas team uh, that's now have two losses. Uh, Oklahoma State, their offense is going to be too much for Texas Tech. I see the line at 10. I think that, that Oklahoma State can cover this one, especially at home. If this was in Lubbock, I would pull the trigger. On Texas Tech, but I got Oklahoma State winning this one 45 to, to 28. I think this is going to be a statement uh, win, uh, showing that Oklahoma State is the king of the Big 12 this year. Ooh. Uh, the Red Raiders just have everybody's number this year. So I, I, I they have everybody's <laughs> number in the Big 12 this year. So I feel like this is the game. Uh, well, Chet, I know, Chet, I told you specifically, I said for the Auburn game, if they lose, you have to go just mustache. That's what I said. But, uh, I'm glad you're feeling uneasy. So it'll be great because I'll be in the stadium for that game. So it'll be a great feeling. 
uh, if you do have to shave. But I God, I'm this statement like... is very true right here. Texas versus yes. Oklahoma, huge rivalry. That doesn't mean anything. Is there? Yeah, if you win, I mean, what what do you do? You can't make it to the Big Twelve championship anymore because both of these teams have one loss. I just don't think you know a team like Oklahoma State or TCU is going to slip up much. Yeah. So whoever. Whoever gets to what this one is, is definitely officially eliminated from Big 12 playoff, not playoff contention, uh, Big 12 championship contention. Yeah, enjoy your steak dinner, you know, if you, yeah. want, if you do. Uh, but moving on from the Big 12, uh, we'll go to the Big 10, the other big. And uh, big to big. it is not big this week. Yeah, it is not a great week. A lot Newser of, of a week. week. <laughs> Newser of a week in, in the Big 10. Uh, first game is the Michigan Wolverines going on the road to Bloomington to face off against the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, I think this is an interesting game. I do. And most people were like, no, it's not. They're a 20-something point favorite. That's me. And, yeah, yeah <laughs> you're in the category. Uh, but Michigan last week struggled to move the ball against Iowa. Yes, Iowa's defense is pretty good. They can't score, though. If Indiana brings some sort of defense to this battle – I think it can be a close game. I think it can be a touchdown game at the end. Uh, I won't pick the upset here because that's just too much for one evening and too much for all of our viewers to handle in one night. So I will pick Michigan uh, to win on the road, and it just means more for the next week, which is great. I want them to stay undefeated because it will be even better next week, uh, at least for me. But I think Michigan wins this game. I'll go – I'll go 28-21. I don't think they're going to put a ton of points up, but uh, I think that Michigan will hold on and win this one. Yeah, I don't even know why this one's on this one. This is going to be a blowout. I don't really see it in Indiana. I mean, Michigan has passed their first two tests in the Big Ten, uh, Maryland at home. I know you know they struggled against Maryland at home, but still to get the win. Then you travel to Iowa. This was a team was up 20 to nothing. And like I mentioned, Blake Corum, if Iowa can't stop him, it's going to be in for a long day. Well, they didn't stop him, so they were in for a very long day. Uh, so I think that Indiana is going to be the same for them. Their defense has been up and down. You just don't know what you're going to get. And then on the offense, a former Missouri quarterback, Connor Baselak, I think that he definitely has a, the talent and the tools around him uh, for Indiana to, to score, but I don't see it. Michigan's going to blow them out the water. So give me the Wolverines 38-14 as they will go undefeated, heading into a big uh, top-10 matchup with probably game day going there next week. Mm-hmm. And then our next game here is Purdue. The Boilermakers coming off a big win on the road at Minnesota. Uh, they'll be going to Maryland. They're going to uh, welcome – well, Maryland's going to welcome uh, Purdue with open arms, I'm sure. And uh, this will be, I think, a high-scoring affair in this one for the most part. Uh, both teams can score the football. Uh, we've got Tour's younger brother there, Talia, and we've got – uh, Aiden O'Connell on the other side for Purdue. I think this is a quarterback battle as well. Uh, one likes to run, the other one can't really run. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And I think that Maryland will win this game because they are at home. I think that's the difference in this one. Uh, I think it is probably a 30-24 to 24 final in this one. Uh, I think Maryland can score the ball at home. They haven't had a problem with that this year statistically speaking against a Michigan team that's one of the best defenses in the country putting up 24 on the road there uh is no easy task so i think they'll be able to score the football against a Purdue team that only held Minnesota to 10 points last week so uh it'll be interesting to see but i think they hold on yeah, i think that Purdue's defense you know if they do exactly what they did at Minnesota that they can pull off the road win but i i trust Maryland's offense uh uh more 
uh, than Minnesota's. I hate, hate to say that. I mean, last week I was all in on like, you know, talking about the stats of Minnesota being top five offense and rushing and passing. Uh, but Maryland, like you mentioned, Talia Tongvaloa has experiences as third year there. And Maryland, like you said, the dual threat quarterback, uh, I mean, uh, Minnesota didn't have that with Tanner Morgan out, Purdue's defense, so we'll see different. I think that Purdue's defense has struggled against uh, dual threat uh, quarterbacks as of late. So I'm going to give the Maryland uh, Terrapins uh, another win here. Their only blemish was on the road at the big house against Michigan. Uh, so I'm going to give them 31-27 win against Purdue. I think that timely turnovers will win the game uh, for the Terps. So give me the Terps at home. Yeah, and moving on to the big bad SEC uh, for this one, a battle of two uh, big games here, one involving two top 25 teams, and that is Tennessee, who's sitting at number eight, the Volunteers, high-powered offense, headed to Death Valley in Baton Rouge to face off against number 25 LSU. They have decided to creep back up in after their uh, lost to open the season. They haven't lost a game yet. Uh, and this is the big test of the year. Who's going to show up? And uh, I think Tennessee is the all-around better team here, uh, offensively and defensively. But I think it's offensively is the is the big difference. Uh, with Malik Hooker at quarterback, I, I think it's going to be uh, interesting for LSU to be able to stop an offense like that. I think it's going to be pretty easy for Tennessee to move the ball. I think uh, you're down a DB starting DB for LSU uh, this week. So I think it's going to be uh, a chance of can LSU score the football. And if they can score the football against Tennessee, then they might keep it close. Uh, I've got this one at a two touchdown final. Uh, I don't know how great uh, it's going to be moving the football. But I'll go 28-14 in this one. I just think Tennessee is the better football team in the end. Yeah, this is uh, the first match of that uh, Tennessee uh, since 2010, which I know that a lot of Tennessee fans uh, remember that game. Uh, this is, you know, now they're traveling to Baton Rouge. It's at 11 o'clock kickoff, which I know that a lot of LSU fans hate, uh, including myself. Uh, but no bias, no bias into this pick, uh, obviously. Uh, but this is going to be a very big matchup here. I think whoever wins this one pretty much will control their destiny, uh, whether it's, you know, Tennessee and the, and the SEC East. With Georgia, you know, if LSU can pull this one out, this would be huge momentum. You know, they still got big games ahead of them. You got Florida on the road, then you got Ole Miss at home before you get to Alabama. But, you know, this is year number one for Brian Kelly. So, you know, this would be a big program win for him if he can get a, a home win against a top 10 team and a really good uh, Tennessee uh, team that I've really been high on if you listen to SEC talk. But, yeah, I think that I think that LSU, to answer your question, will be able to score on this uh, Tennessee team. I think that that's where their weaknesses are. There really is no weakness with this offense. I think, you know, LSU secondary will get tested, and you have two of the best receivers in SEC with Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyde, and then they can run the ball too. So they can pretty much do anything. I think, you know, LSU's, I, I expect their front seven to be able to stop the run. I think that their secondary will be tested a lot, and especially with Tennessee's, uh, you know, secondary as well. They'll be tested uh, with the, the three receivers that they have. This is going to be my upset pick of the week here. I got the Tigers at home. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think that both teams will get – I think that the winner in this one will get to the 30s. I think that, you know, Tennessee uh, will get into the high 20s, low 30s as well. So I'm going to give uh, LSU the home win 34-31. to 31. It will be a field goal game. 
It's not going to be a blowout game, uh, but I have the Tigers winning at home. 11 o'clock, midnight. I mean, Death Valley is Death Valley, so I'm going to go with the home team. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to leave my house at 6.30 in the morning <laughs> in order to get over there. Uh, even though it is two hours away, of course, I have to account for traffic and parking well, and everything yeah. else. It's, but I will be, it's going to be one of the most, you know, there's a lot of good home games, you know, for LSU fans coming. You, you got Tennessee at home, Ole Miss. I mean, you got like three top ten matchups in the next, you know, couple of weeks. So this is going to be one of the big anticipated matchups, even if it's at 11 a.m. So, yeah, this is going to be one of the bigger matchups in SEC. Honestly, even better than the AM Alabama matchup. This should, honestly should have been the prime time. Yeah, and I know both of us will be in there uh, partially awake for that one. I know I'll be partially awake, at least. Uh, but we'll both be in the arena, uh, the arena, in the stadium. I'm thinking of basketball, because <laughs> basketball is starting soon. But, uh, no, football. Uh, so, we'll both be in the stadium. Uh, I'm sure Wade will probably be in the stadium as well. So, uh, we'll bring you guys some content from, from uh, Tiger Stadium this upcoming weekend for an 11 a.m. game. I'm so looking forward to that. And uh, I can tell my sarcasm from a mile away. <laughs> and, but here's the interesting thing about this game. Get back into the game. The interesting thing is, is that Tennessee is the three-and-a-half point spread on the road, but LSU is the pick in the FPI for the week. So very interesting that LSU is a 58. I think the FBI is, is like looking like, oh, this game's at Tiger Stadium. Just let's just put all the the like all the percentage there. But I mean, even Tennessee, you know, Vegas even put in Tennessee at three and a half, you know, should tell you something. I mean, I think a lot of people are gonna obviously pick Tennessee to win this uh, to win this game. Uh, but you know, who knows? I mean, just playing that play, I think playing at LSU, obviously this was at Tennessee would be a different story, but I think that the advantage playing at home, like I mentioned, doesn't have, it can be like 8 a.m. midnight. It doesn't matter. The crowd will show up. Yeah, I'm going with the laws of averages, I think. Like, yeah. I feel like the last few times I've been to games, they've all been close. And this is another close game. Yeah. I mean, so this is going to be a close uh, game. It's going to be a 60-minute battle. Sure, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it, uh, hoping the game goes by fast for the sake of my sanity uh but moving on from that uh we'll go to texas a&m the aggies going on the road to face the new number one team who's returning to number one whoop de friggin do <laughs> and uh it's the alabama crimson tide uh they are back home in tuscaloosa and uh they're probably a little salty after last year in this one uh so they're probably going to want to bring the heat and uh, i think that a&m will get the heat and they will get trampled in this one uh i'm gonna go 45 to 21 and i don't think it's going to be a contest at all and uh i think alabama wins even though uh we might not see bryce young this weekend i think that they win this game big their backup quarterback looks outstanding bright like future for Alabama. Michael Vick it really is I mean I was like man I'm sitting there going wow so that guy just ran by 11 guys faster than I could blink and I'm like all right okay and uh it's uh it looks high for Alabama I, I just I can't think I can't can't fathom to say the fact that well the future looks bright for Alabama well whoop-de-doo it's Alabama every year looks bright for Alabama so it uh it looks like this might be another big win for them uh, moving on to next week before they get into a big game uh, next week. So it, 
this could be a, a, a good tune-up for them. But I'll go Alabama. Yeah, I said 45 to, to 21. I, I think it's a blow. Yeah, Vegas disagree with you. The line is literally 24 to half to the Crimson Tide. And, you know, this was, you know, in the preseason, this was a game that was circled just because of the beef that Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban had. I think that Alabama is absolutely going to tear apart of this uh, A&M defense. And then A&M itself can't score with for darn on the offensive side, so it won't be able to keep it close. I mean, A&M did get the win at home uh, last year, but there was a different quarterback with Zach Calzada there. Now you have Max Johnson, uh, you know, who didn't look great against the same Alabama uh, off defense, excuse me, last year. But I'm going to go Alabama this one big, very big in this one. I'll give them the 42-17 win. It's not going to be close, and all the hype will be gone by half. Yeah, I think so. I think the all the AM fans will be back on the road to College Station at about halftime. So there's no point in making the road trip, folks. So uh, yeah. stay at home and stay watch it from money. the comfort of your home. Take your gas. Just stay yeah, home. <laughs> I, I don't understand why some of these people travel all that way. I, I really don't against a team like that. Like, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, aside from that, <laughs> it's I feel happened. like there's going to be a lot of Tennessee fans making this. There will be. Oh, there. my God. I mean, like I mentioned, that's going to be the first – Road trip for them in ten years to battery. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, orange in the orange. I'm sorry. actually more than ten years. Actually, it happened in 2010, so it would be 12, actually 12, 12 years. years. Yeah, it's a long time, uh, but it's 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 a good time for it. So, yeah. uh, moving on from the SEC, we spent a long time there. Uh, but moving <laughs> on from the SEC to our group of the five game group of five <laughs> group of the five group of five game of the week. Uh, BYU is going to Notre Dame. This is a strange game, but it's a battle of the independents for now before BYU decides they're going to join uh, the Big 12. Big 12. Yeah. Yes. I'm thinking about geography and like where people are. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter anymore. So, uh, but BYU sitting at 16, they are still there. Uh, barely. I don't understand why they're at 16. I would have put them somewhere in the 20s, to be honest with you. Uh, but I'm not getting paid to sit there and make the top 25 rankings. Kansas would definitely be ahead of them. Yeah, and uh, this is going to be an interesting game. If BYU is going to lose this game, uh, it'll be their own doing, I think, and that's turnovers. Uh, if they turn the ball over, I think Notre Dame can capitalize on it. Low-scoring game because BYU could barely put any points up against Utah State last week, and they were losing at the half against Utah State, which is pretty sad. Um, so I'm going to roll with Notre Dame at home. It's in South Bend. They're going to win touchdown. Jesus, you know, whole nine yards. It, it, they're going to win. So I'm going to go 17 to 10. Uh, and I'll take, uh, the fighting Irish. I think that this game, you know, Notre Dame coming in this one, last time we saw them was against North Carolina and they, and they took North Carolina to town. They, they taught them a lesson. I mean, Notre Dame's offense got their swagger back. And that game, now granted, this was a North Carolina defense, you know, and that's given up like 70 points to the Little Sisters at the four at this rate. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, Notre Dame, uh, this is going to be a statement of victory uh, for them. Uh, I think, like you said, it's going to be a lower scoring game, uh, but I'm going to give uh, Notre Dame the double-digit win. I'll go 24-14. I think that their defenses will be able to, 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 be able to stop uh, BYU's defense. Like you said, it's at home in South Bend. I think that Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman is going to start to get a little bit of momentum towards uh now the halfway point of the season so i'm gonna go with the irish at home yeah uh statistically speaking this is the upset pick of the week because of how far apart they are it is. um it is and it comes in the group of five which is interesting uh but really that's what it is on, yeah that's what it is on college football coast to coast so right. uh 
moving on from that, we have now done our games of the week. So we will be all huddled around the TV watching that, getting a sunburn from our LED TVs. Losing our parlays. Yes, <laughs> once again, probably. So let's can we please win one, please, Lord. Uh but uh Moving on from that, we will get into our news, which is brought to you by the Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Go check them out. They are in Houston. Our boy Chet there uh, posted a a nice little thing on uh, the Sports Scramble Twitter today with the beautiful skyline from the balcony of uh, the Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company. Uh, Their lovely place there right outside of Houston metro area. So it, uh, it looks like a great spot. I can't wait to get out there and uh, do a live show out there soon. So uh, that's in the works. I know we're trying to work on that behind the scenes and stuff, but go check them out. They have a huge selection of beer and uh, seltzers, you name it. Go check them out. Uh, Tell them that we sent them uh, your way there and uh, let them know. And uh, I know we're doing a a giveaway soon, soon on on our other show. So uh, stay tuned for that as well. But now into our news. Uh, First thing, big news. This is big news in the Big Ten. Uh, Wisconsin has fired Paul Chris as their head coach. He is gone from Camp Randall. Hit, don't let the door hit you on the way out, kind of thing. And uh, I think it was time. I think it, I think it was too late to be honest with you for this. Uh, Wisconsin just hasn't been the right team uh, that they were back in 2016. You know, being in the Big Ten championship, they're just not there anymore. It's not the same the same thing. And, you know, Graham Mertz was supposed to be the, the second coming of Jesus for, for Wisconsin and just was not. I mean, the last person that was any good there was Jonathan Taylor and, and he's tearing it up in the NFL. Uh, but I think this was too late for, for something like this. And Wisconsin needs a new look. I think everybody has figured Wisconsin out because they throw the same thing at you every single week. Uh, you just can't eat uh, peanut butter and jelly every single day. I mean, that that's just not how it works. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I would if you <laughs> <laughs> if if it keeps going the way it is, we might have to be eating peanut butter and jelly if I keep losing money every week. Uh, but I think this. Uh, who do you think is the right fit in Wisconsin? I mean, that's the big question here. I I don't know who's available, so it, it's very hard to say that because yeah, like this is just another fallen piece. You know, we already saw Nebraska fire Scott Frost. We saw Georgia Tech get rid of Jeff Collins, Arizona State get rid of Herm Edwards. Who's going to be next? Who knows? I think it's probably going to be Auburn, probably going to be the next like big program uh, to do that, especially with the big games that they have coming up, especially Georgia this weekend. Uh, but yeah, this was just a bad time, uh, especially after you lose 30 to 14 at home uh, to, I mean, I mean, Illinois is a good team, but you know, Wisconsin, you're better overall as a program uh, but like you said you can't run the same old vanilla offense every week and expect wins I mean you can have the defense all that you want but yeah like you mentioned I think that Paul Chris uh, just made the same stubborn move of going with Graham Mertz every week and it just doesn't work you have very talented running back and Braylon Allen back there in the backfield but when you have Graham Mertz you're not gonna win many football games so it's, it was about time for Wisconsin obviously this is not gonna be a good year overall for Wisconsin uh, but if you can at least you know get to a bowl game and then, you know, start fresh uh, in the recruiting trail and get a new new face and a new, you know, right face for the program. I mean, Wisconsin, you know, isn't no slouch of a program in, in, the, in the Big Ten. I mean, recently they're better than Nebraska. So I think that, you know, Wisconsin can edge out Nebraska in a hiring coach for sure. Yeah, they might they might do that. And I think it's a better job yeah, overall. I, I think it 
it's a a, a uh, more sought after job, I would say now. Uh, just have more talent there, I think. But in the story, I think for Wisconsin is just they keep doing that. They're going to get their running back hurt if that's the only, you know, the only thing that they do. And that's what they did against Ohio State. I mean, is that all they could do was run the football. I mean, they didn't trust Graymers to throw the football. And uh, if you keep doing that, you're just not going to figure it out. I mean, you can't veer left, veer right. Here we go. You know, it's the same thing over and over. It and uh, there needs to be a change. But my prediction in the other head coaching uh, world. And that would be you brought up Auburn. Uh, I think tomorrow, tomorrow's Monday. Uh, they lost to LSU at home last week. Uh, tomorrow's Monday, and I think that uh, Brian Harskin is packing his bags right now because I think they're getting ready to give him the boot tomorrow at lunchtime. I think so. Uh, noon, he will be eating uh, his lunch from the comfort of his home in Auburn, as he will no longer be the head coach. I think. Uh, but moving on from that to our conference championships at the halfway mark. So I felt like this was a great time. We're coming upon week six at the halfway point here. And I said, you know what, Tyler? So why don't we pick our conference champions for our power five conferences at the halfway point? I mean, we haven't had enough games, enough uh, bigger, big enough sample size uh, to, to make a calculated decision at this point uh, to see if, I can remember and uh, guess the ACC right for another year in a row, Mr. ACC myself, and uh, let's see if we can do it. So, Tyler, I'll let you go first on your uh, on your ACC pick. ACC pick. Uh, this is easy for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna arrive with Clemson uh, once again. I picked them in the preseason for a reason, uh, but I'm gonna go with the Clemson Tigers in this one. I just think that they got pretty much uh, through their bulk of their schedule. They still have uh, Florida State and Notre Dame. I think that their Notre Dame game, uh, especially you know, if Notre Dame can start you know creating more more momentum, I could p- potentially see Notre Dame giving them a challenge. And then uh, they have uh, Florida State uh, at, at on the road actually, so that'll be a, a tough uh, road trip. Uh, and the Coastal Division, uh, it's pretty much up for grabs. And this one, I could see, you know, Duke or North Carolina. I'm going to go with North Carolina. I'm going to trust their offense uh, and Drake May. So I'm going to go uh, with, with Clemson uh, in, uh, in North Carolina. But Coastal is pretty much like the Big Ten West. Anything, any, any team could pretty much win it outside of Virginia, probably. Yeah, I think here's my interesting one. And I'm not going to pick Clemson again for another year in a row. And I'm going to go with the team right below them in the standings, oh, and you're going to go, what? And I'm going to say, yep. And I'm going with the Syracuse Orange. I think Syracuse is undefeated to the point. Uh, the next three weeks is going to be very telling for Syracuse. They have to go uh, and face off against, I believe, their next game uh, that they play is against uh, NC State. I believe, yeah. yeah, they have NC State at home. They're on the bye. Uh, they have this to go week, on yeah. the road to Clemson. Yeah, yeah, they have to go to NC State in two weeks, and then go to Clemson after that, and then come back home and play Notre Dame, and then go on the road and play Pitt. So I think that is big. And then you close Florida State, Wake Forest, and Boston College. If they somehow go through all that and only end up with one loss, maybe to Clemson, I think that they're my pick for the ACC. They just look crazy different, and uh, it looks good. I, I love it. They can put points up like no tomorrow, and for a Syracuse team that has been a no contest for about the last uh, 
uh, 10 years or more, 20 years, who knows, uh, I think this is a big bounce back, and I think their fan base is excited for it. And uh, they are my pick for the ACC, wildly enough. Uh, but moving on from that to the Big 12, Tyler, who is your Big 12? This is the strangest one of them all. Who is your Big 12 champion? And I got a feeling I know who it is, but tell well, us. Well, one of them is easy. Just pick another team is just, you know, tearing <laughs> my hair out at this rate. Uh, but I'm going to go for Oklahoma State, uh, winning the Big 12. Uh, I'm not changing that either. Uh, those are those were pretty much locks at the beginning of the season. So no team has lost. Uh, Clemson or Oklahoma State has lost. So I have to change that pick. So that makes it easy. But I'm going to go Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Kansas is going to win. I think their you know their schedule you know sets a very. Not, I know this is going to be weird to see them, but honestly, you might as well root for the Cinderella story at this rate. So I want to see Kansas versus Oklahoma State. I do think that the Pokes uh, get it, and uh, we'll see Oklahoma State in the playoff. Well, you know what? I got a feeling uh, it's going to be the matchup that we got this weekend. I oh. think it's going to be TCU and Kansas facing off uh, oh. in the Big Twelve title. I think it's going <laughs> to it's going to be wild. <laughs> I love it, but it's great. It's Big fantastic. 12, I mean, this year has to be the most parody that we've seen in any conference power five Jeez. conference in a while. I like, yeah, I mean, we saw ACC obviously. ACC, it was last, ACC year, last year. Saw it. Yeah. So looking like we're seeing it in the Big 12 is this year. Yeah. We're just moving down the line. You yeah. Know? Who's so next? On to the next one. SEC next year? Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Big 10 next year? Who knows? Uh, but it's going to be interesting because I think that Kansas could win the, the Big 12, realistically speaking. At the halfway point, they've played enough good teams. If they somehow uh, make it through the schedule – with maybe one loss, I think they could be a team uh, there in the end and and very well could be. And TCU has scored like crazy, and I think Duggins is the, is the big factor for them at the quarterback position, has a lot of experience. So I think uh, I think that's a big one. And I wouldn't be surprised if TCU uh, won the Big 12. It'd still be a, a, great, a great win for them considering they've been – uh, a non-factor for a number of years, but I think this is is big for them and in, in both programs because uh, Kansas currently sits at the top of the Big 12, uh, believe it or not. So I think that they're my pick at the halfway point. They have to be. Uh, but moving on from the Big 12 to the Big 10, big to big. Uh, Tyler, who is your pick in the Big 10 this year? Oh, boy. Even picking the big – I'm going to try and pick uh, the Big Ten West, uh, try and pull out a team. I'm pretty much at the – do like a eeny, meeny, miny, mo and see who which team it goes. Because if you literally look at the standings, everyone is one and one on the season. Then you have Wisconsin at 0-2. I know that Minnesota just lost, but I'm going to go with Minnesota still. I think that their offense is just the better of all those, those West teams. I mean, I trust their offense more than Wisconsin – and in Iowa, and the Big Ten East, I'm actually changing it up. I know that a lot of people are talking about Ohio State, but I'm going to go with your boys. Penn State is going to win the Big Ten East. I think that the start of the season, you know, I know, okay, this is like no, like, kissing up to, to Jacob. This is really just me being very impressed with Penn State. I mean, this was a team that I thought that was going to lose to Purdue at the, at the start of the season, and they show that they can, they can get a win on the road. And then, you know, looking back at, you know, this week, I, I didn't watch uh, the Penn State game. I, I, I saw the score like 17-7. What what's going on with these guys? And then I saw 
it was pretty much a like a torrential downpour. So I really can't fault them for that. I think that the bye week comes at a, at a very terrific time. Michigan has to play a game against Indiana. It's going to be a very physical game. So, you know, Mi- you know, Michigan doesn't have, you know, that extra week to prepare for Penn State. I know it's at home, but I think that, you know, I hate to say, but I, I trust Penn State's uh, offense more than I do than Michigan's right now. I know that Sean Clifford threw like three or four picks in that Northwestern game, uh, but I think that if they make it past that Michigan game, I think their schedule sets up nicely. They have Minnesota at home. They have Ohio State at home. So I know that I was very high on Ohio State. I think that their offense is, is legit. It's going to be very scary. But, I mean, if that game is at night, it's hard to pick against Penn State. So for that reason, I think that Penn State will win not only at Michigan, but I think that they'll have a legitimate chance uh, to go undefeated. So I'm going to go with the Nittany Lions win the Big Ten East and win the Big Ten, and we'll be in the playoff at the end of the season. I'm liking what I'm hearing. This is this is great. Uh, but, no, I think uh, – Change of heart. Biggest... I mean, it can happen. We're, we're six weeks in, and, and stuff can change. I know that Ohio State's looking very good, but I, I'm just putting it like – that environment at night, I'm just seeing it like there's no shot that Ohio State, even with the offense, can beat them. So I'm already giving my early prediction. I mean, something can change. I mean, we're still weeks out, but that's <clears> what I'm saying right now. Things will change. Things will definitely change. Uh, but I think the telling story is in the Big Ten West, first of all. Yes. And, uh, you know, in both both you and I were very high on Minnesota. Uh well, I was very I hot think, on Purdue when I say that. Yeah. Sure. I, mean, I almost didn't change it because Purdue still has a you know legitimate shot. Their one loss in the Big Ten against is against um, Penn State, so it comes down to a tiebreaker against Minnesota. But I just feel like Purdue, their stretch, you know, they still have some big games too. Minnesota as well. So I just went with Minnesota just because their offense. Yeah, and I'm going to go with an interesting team. I mentioned them earlier. Oh, uh, you know, I've watched the Big Ten mm-hmm. long enough to know this and uh it's all about spurts of of runs and if you can go on a run and win five in a row and you got some confidence you can go win big games i mean it it can realistically happen so uh i'm gonna roll with brett bielema and the fighting illini to win the big 10 west uh i think five and oh right now I I i could see it happen i mean literally anyone can win Sure, but their schedule isn't that difficult uh, going forward. you got to play an Iowa team next week at home who can't score the ball worth a darn, so you can give up there. They do get they, Minnesota at home. They get Minnesota at home, Michigan State at home, uh, Purdue at home, and then your only game that you could lose is against Michigan. But if Michigan's a two-loss team by the time we get to that point, it, it, it could not matter. So it, it could be very interesting to to see that at, you know, I can't imagine seeing an Illinois team 10 and 0, but who knows, or 9 and 0. So I think uh I think it could be very interesting. I, I think right now they're my pick. Um just all around, I think they have the coaching, they have the offense, they can't be stopped. Um I think they're just all around the better team in the Big Ten West right now. It's a, it's a toss-up right now. It's a coin flip. Uh, but in the East, I'm going to agree with you. I have to – no bias. Sorry, no bias. Uh, I'm going to go with Penn State. It's just what I've seen this year in the Big Ten. And, See, that, uh, that's that's what I feel too. Like something has changed about my like my mindset. Like I had, you know, Penn State as a nine, 
win team, but now I can see this team as like 11 or 12 win. Yeah, and there's something in the water in the Big Ten. Something's lurking in the water. Yeah. And uh, and it's in the East, and that's that's the big thing. It's Michigan is uncertain. I think I th- I still think they're uncertain at quarterback. They're five games in, and I still don't think they know where they're going at quarterback. I know you you know we talked about JJ McCarthy, and we got into that battle with him and and K McNamara, but I I, I can't say that Michigan feels uh, good in their gut feeling about how their offense is going forward. Because uh, I don't, I think Jim Harbaugh knows that his offense is not good enough right now to beat Penn State or Ohio State in a tough road game or even at home. I, I just don't think they have the experience. If you're going to play a top 10 team and this guy lining up across at quarterback is a freshman and his knees are shaking and he ain't ever played a Big Ten team before, welcome. You're about to get served. I mean, that that's really what it is. And uh, I think Big Ten is. You know, we've seen that with quarterbacks that are experienced, know what to do. They've seen the teams before. They can study. Sean Clifford's a five-year quarterback. Uh, do I think Sean Clifford's the best quarterback in the Big Ten? By no means. Uh, I, I think C.J. Stroud is miles ahead of Sean Clifford. And, and, and I just – I don't know – I don't think Sean Clifford's the answer at Penn State, but he's winning football games now, and he has the the knowledge and the IQ in order to take them – uh, you know, far enough. And uh, the big test will be against Ohio State. I think you've got it lucky because this year you're at home against them. Uh, I'm going to take a wild shot at it and say it's probably going to be a night game or a 330 game, uh, one or the other. But I think if you make it through that stretch and you don't lose a game against those two teams, you got to be number one or number two in the country. We talked about this. I think they'll be number one in the country if they make it through that three-game stretch. Football. No yeah. stretch. You would beat the number four and number probably three, three or two team at, at the time. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And I think you're good enough to to win a national title and win the Big Ten at that point. I mean, Alabama is going to be like, who the heck is this? We haven't seen them in forever. Uh, and I think that's going to be – the interesting thing to watch. I mean, is it the next three weeks? Well, four weeks, but the next month is really, really, yeah. really important for this Penn State team. Yeah. And uh, if they are there and they make it through without a loss, I can't say that they're not the hottest team in in the country. Uh, so they're my yeah. pick to win the Big Ten if that does stay true. All I gotta say, if you're a Penn State fan, you better not do anything, not have any plans for the next couple of weeks, because this is your season right here with Michigan, yeah. Minnesota, Ohio State in three consecutive weeks. Yeah, no bad juju. Just do the same routine every day. Get up out of bed. Do the same routine for the next month, and uh, maybe uh, we can go into the latter half of the season with no with no loss. Coach Franklin says one and zero every week. One and zero. That's his mantra. So I think. Uh, if they focus on a one and zero against Michigan next week, I think uh, I think it's a good start. Uh, but moving from the Big Ten, spent a lot of time there. Uh, moving from the Big Ten, going to the Pac twelve. Uh, Pac twelve. Who's your Pac twelve champion? We'll move fast here because uh, yeah, you know, increasing time. Yeah, we'll, I will move fast here. I, I'm still going to go with USC as one of my teams here, but but I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks. Uh, they do face UCLA at at the later part of the season, but they do have them at home, so. Tough place to play at Austin Stadium. We do like UCLA, but 
that game being at home, I think that, that Oregon has found their identity. Bo Nix is, is playing very, very good. I mean, like just after the Georgia, the game, it's just been a completely different Oregon team. I think that, you know, Dan Lanning has done a terrific job year one. I think that USC will ultimately uh, run the table. I think that their only loss could potentially come out at Utah and they have UCLA at the, at the end of the season. So that could be a slip up, but I think that USC is the best team in the Pac-12 uh, right now, but I think that Oregon could give them a challenge, but I still have USC winning the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA in the Pac-12. Dorian Thompson-Robinson and uh, Zach Charbonnet have just ran the show there, and I think they'll run it all the way to Vegas. Uh, I think that they're a team to look out for uh, in the Pac-12. They're building momentum, huge win. Last week, uh, they're my pick to make it all the way and, and play against USC. Uh, so it'll be a battle of the LAs uh, in that one. So uh, we'll see what happens. So I, I, I like uh, UCLA to win the Pac-12 there. Uh, but to the SEC, Tyler, who is your SEC pick? We'll go uh, – who's your two teams to play against each other in the SEC? Yeah, I still think it's going to be the two powerhouses, Georgia-Alabama. I'm still going to pick with my uh, Alabama pick. Uh, I mean – the only game that they really struggled with. I mean, I know that Arkansas, you know, gave them a close game for probably like two seconds. And then, you know, Javier Gibbs had that long touchdown run and the back of quarterback uh, had the long uh, run to really set them up. Uh, so they really, honestly, if you think about it, they didn't even struggle against Arkansas. They were up 28, nothing. And then they, they put up 49 points against a, a talented uh, team. I think, you know, Alabama, the game that I could see them slip up is at Ole Miss. I think that that's probably going to be the battle of the SEC West uh, right there. I think, you know, Ole Miss, obviously a lot of people are probably going to pick that uh, as an upset right there since they're at home. Uh, but I think that's still going to be Georgia, Alabama. As an SEC fan, I'd love to see, you know, like Ole Miss, Tennessee, something like that. But I'm still going to go tie when the SEC can't ever bet against Nick Saban. Oh, I'm going to bet against Nick oh, Saban. I, I know that you're going to go with the Rebs. <laughs> I'm going to go with Georgia facing off against Ole Miss for the SEC championship. Uh, I think it's I think it's time. I think it's time for Alabama to take a backseat to Ole Miss. It's it looks crazy, but uh, they've got a good offense uh, and a kid who's not afraid of anything in Jackson Dart and uh, looks fantastic. Running game for Ole Miss is unbelievable, like you mentioned uh, earlier in the show, but unbelievable. And I think they're the better running team than Alabama at the end of the day. Uh, yardage wise, I think they are, and I think they can uh, they can get a bigger push on that offensive line. Great offensive line for Ole Miss, young offensive line as well. So they'll be there for a long time. Uh, for Georgia, I just don't think that there's anybody else that's going to be able to do it in there other than Tennessee. I don't see Tennessee beating Georgia this year, and I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think Georgia's too good of a football team uh, to lose a game like that. If they do lose it, in Tennessee somehow gets past LSU and Georgia without a loss, and uh, they might be there, and we might see a Tennessee. And all of a sudden, that. you can have Tennessee as a conversation being the number one team. You really could, and that's very interesting to think about that. And I mentioned that the other day, I think we talked about it, and I said Tennessee could be the number one team if they beat Georgia. And uh, after last week with Georgia, I mean, barely escaping, you know, tail between their legs against Missouri. I mean, that – that uh, was very interesting, and it's going to be – I mean, a lot of people are kind of going, hmm, what's going on now? And Kirby Smart's like, well, the SEC, it's tough to win a game on the road in the SEC. Yeah, okay, against Missouri? I mean, you're kidding me. They barely – well, they lost to Auburn because they, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't hold on to the football. 
Well, they also couldn't kick a 20-yard field goal, and then the kicker comes back the next week, hits like four 50-yard field goals. Jesus. I, I don't know. But it's it's a year of who knows, and I think I'm going to roll with the who knows. So uh, I'll roll with, with, uh, with Ole Miss to win it. Uh, but moving on from that, we'll go to the – uh, group of five. Sorry, I'm linked. We'll go to the uh, we'll go to the group of five. Who is your group of five champion? Pick your division. Who do you think is going to be the big group of five champion? Yeah. So uh, for those of you that pretty much you know are just a general college football fan, uh, what you know the New Year's Six Bowls does? They always give automatic bid uh, to the highest ranking of the group of five. So right now, if the season ended, it would be BYU. Obviously, uh, we picked Notre Dame to win that, so that's not going to happen. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, the American uh, Conference champion uh, winner, and that's going to be the Tulane Green Wave for me. I think that local team for around here in New Orleans, I think that they're doing a terrific job. I think that that Southern Miss game uh, was just, you know, if they don't, I just hate that they lost that game. This would probably be a top 20 team that we're looking at. Uh, but I think, you know, looking at their schedule, I think that I don't really see many losses. I think that this could be a 10-win team. I think that's going to be enough. I think that they end up winning the American athletic championship uh, and find them whenever whatever bowl game uh, they send probably like either whatever i don't even know like the the bowl games uh that they have i know that two of them are in the playoff uh, but i'm gonna go with the green wave being the representative yeah I, i'm not gonna go with the representative in the top 25 or the playoff you know standings or whatever it may be i'm just gonna go to straight to the Sun Belt. i think the Sun Belt Fun Belt. Uh, I've got South Alabama winning the Sun Belt this year. I think they you are. Know, we're very high on them. <laughs> they are by far the best team to me in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, so I'm going to roll with them. I, I just feel like they're going to blow everybody out of the water, and App State's going to be looking down the barrel with something very nasty at the end of the year. I think because um, James Madison is is a part. Yeah, I would of, be. I would have said James Madison if they were eligible. But they're not yeah, eligible. yeah. I was going to say they're part of the conference, yeah. but they can't. That would have been an easy pick for me. Yeah, so I I would have, but it's I think it's going to be App State and South Alabama facing off, and I think South Alabama wins and and gets to uh, the New Orleans Bowl. So uh, I would love to go to that game if if they made it to that game. So uh, uh, I think they are my team to to be that big uh, group of five uh, winner at the end of the year. Uh, but guys, let us know who you think is going to win the conference championship. Uh, let us know in the comments. Shoot us a message. Say hey. What about this team? Uh, so, you know, hey, you're sleeping on Alabama. I think Alabama is the best team in the SEC. Let us know. Uh, we can debate all day long. And, uh, of course, we love everybody else's opinion. And who knows what can happen. We've seen what happened so far at the halfway point, And that's why we're throwing our conference championship picks at you guys right now. Uh, but we're rolling up on an hour and 30 minutes a long episode. I'm tired. Long day. Monday is a new day start. So, uh I think we're going to we're going to end off here with uh thank you guys for uh, tuning in to the halfway mark of the season here. If you guys want more content from us head over to CFB Coast to Coast on Facebook and on Twitter at CFB underscore Coast the number 2 Coast. Uh you guys can head over there and also we are, are broadcasting on Twitch now too so for all you Twitch people tuning in uh now and in the future Go over there, shoot us a message over there. Let us know. We can have a little debate uh, in our show now, you know, maybe. So uh, I like more comments, and I'm glad the comments are rolling in now. We get a little more dialogue with the folks, and uh, we're enjoying it, growing the channel with you guys. Uh, Tyler and I are enjoying it. 
so we will uh, see you guys next week for the week six recap, and we will get into the week seven preview. I know, I know, you want me to shave. It's okay. Well, he's rooting for a Penn State loss, so that's bad yeah. juju. <laughs> yeah, my, my girlfriend is rooting for Penn State to lose. That's not a good idea, by the way. Um, that's how you get on my bad side for the week. You must be wearing orange this week to get back at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll dig out a Vol shirt or something. Yeah, I might show up. She would not let me in the stadium with her. I know that much if I did that. Um, nope. But we will see you guys uh, next week. And, of course, Tyler and I will bring you some content on the Twitter page and all over uh, from our time over in Baton Rouge today. Uh, or today. Ooh, ooh. On Saturday. <laughs> Uh, so I got a couple of days before that. Yeah, I'm all mixed up and it's been a long day. So uh, we will see you guys again next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Exonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.